This is Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a podcast where I celebrate my favorite romantic books, movies, TV shows, and talk about why I love them so much without embarrassment or shame. Mostly, this is Poppy, and in today's episode, I'm tardy to the romantic alpha party. Fifty Shades Movies and Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, this is an episode that's definitely adults only in the first half. Like, unless you're this tall, you can't take this ride. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know this is a shame-free, judgment-free zone. I'm going to talk about the Fifty Shades movies, and how surprisingly empowering they are to me. I picked some of the tamer film clips, but if the intense alpha male trope just isn't your thing, maybe skip ahead to when I start talking about the movie Crazy Rich Asians. It features the sweetest and a much gentler alpha male. Okay, links in the show notes. has their favorite romantic tropes that just speak to them, gives them that dopamine high. I know the alpha male theme or trope may not be everyone's jam, and I wouldn't exactly call myself S&M curious. Okay, well, maybe an eensy bit. When you think about it, the alpha male trope is really on that same continuum. It combines that you're safe with me thing that I just eat up with a sexy, leave it all to me, leave it all in my super capable hands, and I will take care of you, which is so sexy. Not necessarily in real life, but that, my friends of romance, is why we love these fantasies so much. Hey, whatever floats the romance boat, I'm all for it. Anna, I know how intimidating this is. I felt the same at first. Well, what changed your mind? By giving up control, I felt free. From responsibility... For making decisions, I felt safe. You will too. You'll see. I've never taken anyone in the helicopter. I've never had sex in my own bed. I've never slept next to anyone. Ever. Where I connected with the story in the Fifty Shades movies is Christian Grey's emotional healing from his unhealthy past. 
he gets there with the help of an intimate relationship. Oh, we'll say intimate with the sweet, warm, accepting, loving recent graduate, Anastasia Steele. It's how therapists will tell you it's supposed to work, so it's pretty great to see it successfully play out, if only in a movie. The key thing for me, too, in enjoying these Fifty Shades stories is Christian's awareness of what's going on inside him throughout the stories. The I'm Fifty Shades of bleeped up acknowledgement to Anastasia is huge. It doesn't happen as much in real life as I wish it would, so I drink it in when it happens in a romantic story. So, let's talk. I want you back. I'd like to renegotiate terms. But I don't see how. The things you want, you said that's the way you are. But what happened last time, it's not gonna happen again. How can you say that? I know that I asked you to show me how far it can go, but you are getting off on the pain you inflicted. That's still in you. I'm working on it. Working on what? I can't do this if you won't talk to me. What do you want to know? Everything. Fine. My birth mother died when I was four. She was an addict. Crack. You can fill in the blanks. Tell me that. I did. But you were asleep at the time. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> generally, a key part of good communication is that both parties be conscious. I'm really sorry about your mother. And then there's his acknowledgement as they get deeper into their relationship that They taught me to bleep, but Anastasia taught me to love. Oh, that special woman unlocking a shutdown man, giving him the true love he sought for so long, and then he in turn worships her for it. Oh, seductive trope. I wouldn't be able to watch these movies at all, though, without the emotional power of the character of Anastasia Steele. I think Dakota Johnson as Anastasia is Fifty Shades of Fabulous. She's gorgeous and sensual, but she also has compassion, self-esteem, and an inner compass. Christian Grey gets controlling and she pushes right back. She's no doormat. She may be uncertain at times, but she rarely lets him get away with stuff. What is it, Anna? Um, just... How many women have stayed in here? Fifteen. It's a lot of women. I told you before, if you want out... I don't want out. I just, I'm not exactly jumping at the opportunity to get whipped and tortured in your red room of pain. That room is much more about pleasure. I promise you. 
Would we still go out to dinner and, and movies and... That's not really my thing. Try to keep an open mind. If you agree to be my submissive, I will be devoted to you. This is what I want. I want it with you. Why do I have to sleep in here? We slept in the same bed last night, like normal people. Try not to get hung up in the sleeping arrangements. If you agree to do this, you're gonna want your own room. Why, because I'll be your sex slave? I don't want to do this here. Let's talk downstairs. No, you know what? I think I'll hold on to my free will a little while longer. Thank you. Actually, you know what? I would like to go home. Can I go home? Which balances his, how should we say, controlling and at times creepy obsessive behavior towards her? But my gosh, the man can make things happen. It's hard to get mad when she mentions that her computer is broken and he has a new laptop waiting for her within the hour. She often checks in with herself and Christian, feeling her way, (laughs) literally, through what she's comfortable with in a loving relationship. She has a grounded, healing energy that's really beautiful to me. There's also a ton of, I'd like to dot, 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 if you're comfortable with dot, 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 and consent language and safe sex in these movies, which definitely made them more watchable for me. No one can make ripping a condom package open look sexier than Jamie Dornan as Christian Grey. I have no idea how the film adaptations differ from the Fifty Shades books, but I was so surprised at how on board I was by the end of the second movie. I never read the books because I never thought they were my thing, but ooh, to see it all in action. I don't quite believe that an emotionally damaged alpha narcissist like Christian Grey would become a loving family man by the time we get to Fifty Shades Freed, but it's a beautiful fantasy, and there will definitely be epic rewinds on the first two movies here especially because one is the uncensored version. Mm-hmm. If you need to zhuzh up your love life or just reconnect with yourself, cue up these movies and see what happens. So my BFF and romance soul sister has asked for a few years now, Have you watched Crazy Rich Asians yet? I was like, why is she going on and on about this movie? I wasn't sure from the title, Crazy and Rich are not exactly words that sound appealing to me. 
but I finally caught it on a cable channel recently. The movie was repeated right after, and I sat and watched the whole thing all over again. I can't remember the last time I did that. I mean, I want to cue it up right now just talking about it. Let's start out with Henry Golding. If you love the powerful alpha male romantic trope, but like your heroes a smidge less arrogant, may I suggest sweet, sexy Henry as Nicholas Young in Crazy Rich Asians? There is not a more charming actor on screen. He's a huge part, practically the whole part of why the phenomenal proposal scene at the end of this movie is so phenomenal. He just oozes sweetness and caring, maybe at times gently arrogant, but never needing to throw his weight around. He's humble and adorable. Oh, and he's filthy rich, which equals power in this trope, which equals a life of ease as a pampered, cherished prince or princess if you're lucky enough to be the center of their orbit. Welcome aboard, Mr. Young, Miss Chu. Here's the way to your private suite. And some champagne. Thank you very much. You're welcome. After takeoff, would you like to enjoy the lounge chairs? Should we convert your suite into a bedroom? Uh, we're good, thank you. Enjoy. Nick, we can't afford this. These pajamas are fancier than any of my real clothes. My family has business with the airline. The tickets, they're a perk. What kind of business? Real estate. Investment, other things, nothing interesting. Dim sum. So your family is, like, rich? Um, we're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. It's not a big deal, obviously. I just think it's kind of weird that I had no idea. I mean, you have a Jamba Juice card. You use my Netflix password. You play basketball at that Y that kind of smells. I really like that place, thank you very much. And yes, my family has money, but I've always thought of it as theirs, not mine. I get that, but I'm going all the way over there to meet them. I kind of just want to know what I'm getting into. And, you know, they're your family. Well... My family's much like anybody else's. Mm -hmm. There's half of them that you love and respect, and then there's the other half. Which half am I meeting? If I'm honest, the life of private helicopters, drivers, glam squads on call, flying first class, being whisked away to Paris for the weekend would be so nice. But more than that, being with a partner who's totally attuned to what makes you sing, what makes you tick is a life experience I would cherish. See my recent episode on grand gestures and the little things. And let's talk about Constance Wu as college professor Rachel Chu, Nick's love interest. She's also bright and sweet and adorable. No doormat either, so they're a perfect match. I thought I was here to meet your family, 
go to your best friend's wedding, eat some good food. Instead, I feel like I'm a villain in a soap opera who's plotting to steal your family fortune. What happened? I mean, I met Amanda. She told me that everyone here thinks that I'm the evil person that prevented you from moving back to Singapore last year when I didn't even know you were supposed to come home. You have every reason to be upset. I'm not done yet. There's also this gutted, bloody fish that Araminta's friends left for me in my hotel room on my bed next to the words, catch this, you gold-digging bitch. Written in big, fat serial killer letters. Is that all that happened? I mean, please tell me that's all that happened. You know what? I don't even care about those stupid girls with their stupid little designer handbags and sunglasses. I don't care about that. I don't care that your ex-girlfriend told me all this crap. Is that you didn't tell me any of it. I screwed up. Why? I really messed up, Why? Okay? Were you trying to test me? Why would you do that? I made a mistake. When we first met, you had no idea who I was, who my family were. You didn't care. Yeah, I don't care about that stupid stuff. Well, exactly. You are so different from all of the women that I grew up with. And I love who I am around you. I don't want that to change. And that's selfish, I know. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with that on your own. But I'm here now. And whatever happens, we'll get through it together. Dead fish and all. Right? It was so gross. But I buried it. You dealt with it. <laughs> Come here. This movie is frothy, bubbly fun, full of great music, strong women, generational strain and family tension thrown in. So you're really going to root for these characters getting their happy ever after. I didn't read the book, so I'd love to know how close uh, the Crazy Rich Asians movie is to the book. But if you've read it, email me at confessionsofaclosetromantic at gmail.com and let me know. And can we talk about that church wedding with the fireflies and an actual stream running down the main aisle? And then Nick and Rachel mouthing I love you across the pews as the bride walks in the stream. It's incredible! Speaking of, check out the Ram Kamathon podcast episode on Crazy Rich Asians. I'll put a link in the show notes. The hosts are two Asian-American women who are huge fans of rom-coms. I think they both read the Crazy Rich Asians book and overall liked the movie a lot, but they also have a really cool and unique perspective on it as well. They're childhood friends and seem to have a blast talking to each other. If you like the movie, it's well worth a listen. And now a listener enters the phone confessional about how the Fifty Shades books impacted her love life. I did read the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy books. I loved them more than I would have expected. I had gotten out of a relationship with someone who had the sexual appetite of Christian Grey. 
it wasn't something that I was comfortable with or made any sense to me. We talked about it a lot, but it just never clicked. I guess that's what interested me in the first book. I was really curious about this headspace that I didn't seem to be able to crack with my ex. And then I read all three. I just remember thinking after the first book how much it helped me understand a little bit about this guy's mindset and the propensities he had when we were in a relationship. I wish I had read the book sooner, perhaps when we were together and I would have been more comfortable or at least had some context. I remember feeling like it gave me some context. I was definitely surprised at how romantic and titillating I found the books considering when I was actually in the thick of that kind of relationship it was not that for me. And that's not the end. A few years later we got back involved in a dating relationship, me and this guy. I was definitely more interested and open in his sexual fantasies. Um, potentially because of the books, potentially because of life. In the end, it still didn't work out for me, but for a few good years, it was an interesting sexual experiment for me, for sure. I don't want to see the movies. The movies are never as good as the books. It doesn't matter what book it was. And I enjoyed these so much that I just don't want anything to ruin it for me. It's definitely something I would not talk to friends about because I'm almost embarrassed that I read these books and I loved them, but I'm not into seeing the movies. I just don't think it would be the same. I'd love to feature your confession on the podcast. Tell me about your favorite romantic movie, TV show, book, and why you love it so much. Just record a voice memo on your phone, click share, and email to confessionsofaclosetromantic at gmail.com. Don't forget to let me know if you want your confession to be private or shared. I can't wait to hear about your obsession. Find show notes with links to what I've been babbling about at confessionsofaclosetromantic.com. It was really nice to have your company. Until next time, wishing you shame-free, kinky romance if that's how you like it. It's in the vault. Music in this episode is Call Me at Heaven by Les Vacan Soul featuring Nodi Klein from the Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. Anna, please. It's you that's changing me. Confession time. I love this drone. This is what makes Christian Grey the man. Just for you, you know I never seen another heart in the way I did with you. So let's